From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning. Focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. Indeed, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we're glad to welcome in Megan French, who is the principal at the great St. Mill School. Uh, Megan, good to hear your voice. Hi, Bob. How are you? Doing fine. Uh, good Good to hear you. And uh, uh, it's, it's nice to have somebody from... Uh, I'd, I'd say the famous St. Mel School. I, I know all our Catholic schools are famous in their own way, but uh, uh, there's a, a, something about St. Mel's that uh, uh, I, it's, it's really funny because I, I, I've been in the city, you know, a number of times, and I always, I'm always on the street, and there's Mel's Diner. And I, and I, and I think, I, you know, most of our saints have, they, they just have this kind of, saintly name i don't know what mm-hmm. what a saintly name is but saint mel just <laughs> i think of saint mel as working at the diner <laughs> i know you're not the only one but you are right saint mel is a very special place and i feel so blessed to be a, be the principal here and to be a part of this really yes, wonderful yes. community yes it is and uh, i've been out there and and uh, uh attended events in uh, the the beautiful hall which is uh just across the street from the church, and uh, and it's just you know there's just a uh, and and I say this about all our parishes you know they just there's so many good people trying to do the right thing and trying to 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 please the Lord but also do do the Lord's work in the community and uh, uh, certainly St. Mel School tell us a little bit first off tell us a little bit about yourself you're relatively new yes yeah so I um, this is my second year. Um, being the principal at St. Mel, and of course, I replaced the great Janet Nagel, who was here for 31 years um, before I was, yes. Um, She's still our regional director, so I get to work um, quite closely with her, so that it's been a very smooth transition um, into into this role. Did Um, she leave her shoes in your office so you know what shoes you're filling? Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) They are big shoes to fill, so I'm working hard. Yeah. So, so where did you come from? So I'm actually a product of the Sacramento Diocese. I grew up um, in Roseville, and I attended Holy Family School mm-hmm. um, from preschool um, through eighth grade. And then I went to Loretto my freshman year. Um, I moved to Texas for a little bit with my family, which is where they still um, reside. And my husband and I went to St. Mary's in the Bay Area for college. Oh, wow. And Yeah. Your gales. Um, so gales. Your galloping gales. Yes. Yes. Um, and so I, my first job um, was a first grade teacher at Queen of All Saints School, and that's in Concord. Mm-hmm. And that's the Diocese I, of Oakland? The Diocese of Oakland, mm-hmm. yes. Um, so I taught first grade, I taught fourth grade, I've taught sixth, seventh, and eighth history, and I was a vice principal all before becoming the principal here at St. Mel. Wow. So, so when you were at St. Mary's, did you always think about teaching in Catholic schools? No. So actually, um, teaching was my third degree change. <laughs> <laughs> we all know that. <laughs> yeah, so I, always, I always tell the kids, it's okay if you go into college not knowing what you want to do. Well, it's, it's, it's so funny because we have three kids in college and a fourth next year. And mm-hmm. I mean, we feel very lucky for that other than our pocketbook doesn't like it. But, but yes. now... I remember when I went to college, you just kind of showed up, and maybe by your junior year, you might declare a major. Now they I want know. to know the major, and the kid's 17, and I'm going, I know. how do they know what they want to major in? They, I mean, let them get their foot on the campus first, you know. But, Absolutely. So Yeah, so I went, I went into college thinking I was going to be um, a nurse. My mom is a nurse, so mm-hmm. I thought I was going to follow in her footsteps. And then I changed to business administration, um, and I stuck with that for quite some time. But I just wasn't happy. You know, I wasn't really engaged in everything that, that was happening with the curriculum. And so um, I actually ended up keeping business as my minor, which I think is important um, to be a principal. And I switched to teaching my junior year. Hmm. Yeah, and I, it's been the greatest decision I've ever made. I absolutely love what I do, and I know that this, is, this was the right path for me. So did you get your credential at St. Mary's as well? Yes, I got my credential there and my admin credential, um, and I also was went through their master's program as well. Wow, wow. Yeah. 
a lot of time at St. Mary's. <laughs> That's a, it's, it's uh, my, my oldest daughter. I remember um, we were looking, you know, doing the, the mini tours of, of campuses that were near where we lived in, in Davis. And mm-hmm. we went down to St. Mary's. She had heard a lot about St. Mary's and, and I had to, and I had sort of grown up with St. Mary's and the day we went, it was it was like this last week. It was pouring rain, oh, and we could barely get out of the car. <laughs> and 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 St. Mary's just got knocked off the list. Rainy place, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and no more rain in St. Mary's than there was anyone else. But on that day, it was it was wow. the, it was the only. But what a beautiful! I, I've in my sports writing days uh, covered a number of athletic events at St. Mary's. Mm-hmm. And what a beautiful campus and. What a, so what a great, uh, just a great sense of the Almighty there at St. Mary's. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. It is such a beautiful campus. And the chapel, which is like, the, you know, you drive onto campus and it's the first thing you see. Right. And it reminds you why you're there, you know. Yeah, exactly. And, the, yeah. oh, the, such a beautiful area, too, in Moraga. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. You think yes. you died and went to heaven. <laughs> don't, don't take me lord i'm in heaven already <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah indeed so talk about talk about saint mel and the two you you came sort of what in the middle of a of this pandemic which is still kind of lingering uh, in, you know in the rearview mirror i know it seems like so long ago um but it really wasn't um so they had already opened the school when I came on as principal. So they had done one year, um, you know, one COVID year. And then I came in um, for the 2021-2022 school year. Um, And so things were loosening up a little bit. Um, The kids were still masked, um, but we weren't social distancing as much. And we Mm -hmm. were able to, um, you know, sit the kids closer together. And um, we weren't having to... um, you know, the kids would have, there were so many different protocols in place when I got here that we didn't have to have, um, you know, after I started. So that was good. Um, but the masking was definitely still in play. Um, and so the kids were, um, they, they still didn't have everything back in place, you know, mm-hmm. as far as events and parents in the classroom, things like that. And so this, this school year, at the end of last school year, and then this school year, we started really rolling everything out. And we're almost, I'd say, back to normal Um I um, I'm really happy with with where we are right now. So are there are there any holdovers from and again you you weren't there at the start of it, but mm-hmm. uh, are there any holdovers from what we learned in terms of procedures and things? Whether it's drop mm-hmm. off, whether it's uh, the cafeteria or recess, are there any holdovers from COVID that we're doing things differently and will probably continue to always right. do things differently? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely the sanitization of everything. Mm-hmm. I think the kids and the teachers are much more aware of washing their hands after every time they touch something or, you know, going to the bathroom, all those those things and sanitizing the tables and um, all the different surfaces. And I think I think that in general, that's just a good thing to do, obviously. Sure. And so I'm really glad that everyone is still much more aware of that. Did they have to do upgrades in terms of, you know, filters and filtering the air and those sorts of things? Yeah, we definitely have air purifiers in every classroom now. Um, I'm trying to think upgrading. I think that's pretty much the only thing that that we added to the classrooms. I mean, the classroom doors were always open. Um, That's not the case anymore. You know, we're able to to close our doors. Um, So, yeah, I'd say that's that's pretty much it is now that we have the air purifiers in the classroom. And we we hear almost universally now uh, throughout the diocese that enrollment is up, which is such a refreshing thing to hear. Oh, it is so exciting. Um, we When I started at the school in 2021, we had 274 children, um, and this year we're at 290. Wow. Yeah, so just in, in one year we've increased significantly. Um, and I think, too, you know, we were um, able to um, – get a lot of families that decided to come to us from, from public schools because the public schools were not open um, mm-hmm. as quickly as we were. And um, I think it made a lot of principals nervous. Like, are we going to lose these families after things open up again? But I think that, um, I mean, uh, as far as St. Mel goes, um, they really, um, 
they really liked the Christ-centered community here because it's like a home away from home for their kids, and so they decided to, to keep them here. And so we're really happy to um, to have new additions to our community. Yeah, I've heard that story. I was, I, the Catholic Herald had a, a feature this this month on a, a this edition on a, a kid who happens to just live right across the street from us, who mm-hmm. his parents found St. James School in Davis for that very reason. You know mm-hmm. that the, they they wanted in person and 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 St. James and and it there was no defiance among the Catholic schools. It wasn't like oh we're going to be in person. We don't care about COVID. We followed mm-hmm. all the rules and and Absolutely. met with. Uh, uh, at the time, was Lincoln Snyder was the superintendent of schools and mm-hmm. met with. I, I, you know, I think there are Catholic schools. We have twenty counties in the diocese, and there are Catholic schools. I believe in eleven of those counties, mm-hmm. and so each county would have some of them quite different rules, but they weren't all state rules. Some of them were, were county by county, depending on the severity of, of what was going on in the county. Uh, mm-hmm. Meeting with all those county different county health directors and. And and following the guidelines and and see, and coming up with ideas on our own about how it might make things safer for the kids, and wow, it it all worked out. And I know that the with with our our neighbor little Ricky, a third grader, he he uh, just so thrived there that his parents said we're we're staying there. We've got two more little ones, and they're going to go there too. Oh, that's wonderful. And it wasn't, you know, I mean, it's not even a, a quote-unquote Catholic family. They're a very good family mm-hmm. and wonderful right. people, but they, they didn't share the faith. And and uh, Ricky has now been baptized. Oh, and they're that's what all, we hope, they're all right? Thrilled. That's what we hope for. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it was, it was a, you know, it's just a, it's a, a great story, and I'm sure there are a lot of those stories out there. Yes, um, yes. And maybe not quite so public, but but they are they are definitely out there. So take us like to talk if you would a little bit just about how the the religious element and of course like we've said every time you know we root for the public schools too you know we yeah. we want them to thrive the the better all the schools are the the better society is but mm-hmm. but in terms of our Catholic schools how we integrate religion it's not just a okay fifth period is religion and then everything else is is just completely secular how we integrate religion into the curriculum yes so um obviously catholic faith the catholic faith is the identity and the heart of all of our catholic schools um and so all of our all of our subjects you know um are grounded in our catholic tradition and other than just the traditional religion class um, you know, we try to integrate it into all aspects of, of the student's life. Um, for example, at St. Mal, we have a really strong um, service club, and that's for our students in 7th and 8th grade. Um, and then we come up with service projects for the whole school to participate in. Um, for example, the students are collecting items right now to create um, necessity backpacks for students um, in the San Juan School District that mm-hmm. might need those extra items. Um, you know, a lot of the children um, are bouncing from home to home or, or are homeless, and so the students are working together to provide um, uh, backpacks filled with all of these um, necessities that, that the kids need. Um, and then we also have a social-emotional learning program, um, which is tied in with our faith. Um, we're using a new program called Frenzy. I don't know if you've heard of it. Mm. Um, and it's a social-emotional curriculum that helps with uh, character development. It teaches the kids about life skills, how to be a good friend, how to problem-solve, um, mm. all while sticking to the Catholic, you know, morals and values. Wow. Yeah, it's been a really successful program, and we, we integrated it this school year. Um, we noticed the need for it, um, you know, just kind of in because of COVID and then also because a lot of our students now, you know, now everyone has a cell phone, so they're really <laughs> tech-connected tech, tech and socially disconnected. And so we had to try to find a way to um, to build strong relationships and life skills that that will help them, you know, in their whole lifetime. Yeah, it's, <laughs> phones, have, it's just, it's it's mind-boggling to me, you know, with, with our kids. Um, you know, like, they all, they all have phones, and, you know, it's like... Uh, <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe uh, my 
<laughs> my parents just let me ride my bike off to school, and uh, <laughs> that was that, you know. And oh, and by the way, after school, I'm going to shoot baskets on the playground, and then I'm going over to Billy's house. And and if it got dark out, they didn't they didn't know where I was. You know, I know. Yeah, and now now it's different. You know, the kids, the parents have access. They are able to track the students on yeah, their cell phones yeah. um, or their Apple Watches, whatever they have. Um, and then, but the kids just have, they have access to everything. And, and they're always on the phone or on the computer. And, um, you know, we're always trying to think of ways to, to disconnect them from that. Sure, sure. But, you know, and, and, and then again, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of good from it. And there's a, yes. you know, there's a lot of danger to it, you know. And yes. Yeah, it definitely helped during the pandemic when we were able to fully go, re- you know, remote learning. So right. that was very helpful. So do you do you still have any remote le- learning at St. Mel? No, we don't have any remote learning. Everyone is fully in person. Wow, that's great. That's that's yes. that's, that's just really great. Did did you ever have to say, okay, we we have to send this cohort home, or or you know? No, we were actually very lucky. We never had to um, shut down a whole cohort. Um, you know, we always followed those numbers that were recommended by the California Department of Public Health. But mm-hmm. luckily, we were not um, ever put in that position. Um, one thing that we do have, you had mentioned, you know, something that we're carrying on with us in the future from COVID times was um, the fact that we are a licensed laboratory. So we can actually COVID test the students oh, wow. uh, on site. Yeah, so um, we have, with parent permission, of course, that if the student is in our system um, and the parent, you know, if the student go, is sick or needs to go home, we can always ask the parents, are, we, are you okay with us testing them? And we're able mm-hmm. to test them here. Um, we, we were testing whole classes during COVID. You know, when there would ha- be a couple cases, we would end up testing the entire class just to make sure that it wasn't spreading. Right. Yeah, wow. so that was extremely helpful because, you know, remember there were times when, COVID tests were so um, scarce. They no were very scarce, yeah. Yes. So we have we still have boxes of them here, and so <laughs> we're not using them as much, but, you know, in the event that we would have to, we have them here. I should, I should have invested in COVID tests and masks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's always a need. Yeah, it's 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 just uh, you know it's it's human nature. Somebody figures out, uh, and then and then somebody probably is stuck with a warehouse full of masks that nobody wants anymore. You know, it's absolutely. Yeah. So, are sports and extracurriculars are they back? Choir yes. and things like that. Yes, PAO um, is back. Um, you know, we have all the sports um, in full swing. We have choir. Um, the kids are not masked. Uh, they don't have to mask anymore mm-hmm. um, when they're in the choir lot, which is great. Um, so, yeah, everything is back to normal um, as far as it goes for us, and I'm pretty sure for the rest of the diocese. Obviously, students have the option to wear the mask if they would like to, which is fine. So what sports do you offer in the PAL? So we have uh, basketball. We have boys and girls, uh, for boys and girls, um, volleyball, track and field, cross country, boys and girls flag football, um, I think. I think I've covered it. Yeah. And is that primarily seventh, eighth, or it goes down younger than that? Yeah, it goes down younger. So Little Dribblers is um, the, the basketball program for little ones, and that mm-hmm. starts in first grade. Do they play other schools? Yeah, they play other schools. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's really fun. I remember, you know, being in elementary school, and, and that was like the highlight of of my life was being in sports and playing the other schools. And, you know, it's so funny because Holy Family is just not too far down the street right. from St. Mal, and they were our rivals, and now here I am. When is the bowl of St. Mal? I... I remember with, with, with my... Uh, oldest daughter um it was is one of those things they needed somebody to coach the uh, probably about fifth grade girls basketball team and they, you know i was the, i didn't keep my hand down quickly enough and said okay uh, we saw you raise your hand <laughs> and so i i was the i had been a sports writer and so that meant i knew everything about basketball <laughs> and, yeah. and uh um and at St. James at the time, they didn't have a gym. So 
we we had to practice you know outdoors on the on the <laughs> the, uh, the 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 playground we had baskets out there and then yeah. all the games were in sacramento against schools that actually had gyms and I remember one school, I can't quite, I can't remember where it was. And, you know, we were trying to warm up, you know, do the layup drill. And we just weren't very good at it. And, the, and I watched the other team and every layup went in. And I finally called all our girls over and I said, don't, don't practice, just watch them. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I think we, we were losing, you know, 44 to 2, things like that. They all had a good time, and they all grew up, and they are all doing great things. So yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah, they did. They did learn how to lose gracefully. <laughs> so, you know the agony of defeat. So no, yeah. I, I, I I'm a, a big um, believer in 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 sports. I, I know there's a lot of bad sports out there, uh, mm -hmm. and we we see a lot of it on TV sometimes, and I get real tired of the people that. You know, I'm God's gift to the world because I scored a touchdown or something, uh -huh. you know, but, yes. but, and kids see that. And, and, but, uh, I know that in the PAL and, and, and mostly, you know, my, my son played little league and, and was on the high school volleyball team. I've had a really good experience with coaches who really emphasize sportsmanship and respect for your opponent and realizing that, Hey, they're, they're trying to accomplish the same thing you are out here. They're they're your friend. They're not your enemy. You know they're not. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and and, and there's so many good lessons to learn from from sports and from choir and being in the band or being in student government. There's you know being in some of the activities yes. clubs. Uh, there's there's uh, I I think. But for those things, I, I might might have dropped out of high school. You know, those things kept me, you know, they kept me in the group. They kept me yeah. as, as a, 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 a reason. Maybe it's not the best reason. Maybe I should really have been wanting to go to school because of math or social science or something. But those extra activities really uh -huh. kept me engaged. Yes, that's what, yeah, they keep all the students engaged in it. Not everyone is is always into the academics, but it's all those extra things that, that keep them wanting to come back to school. So for those people who are listening who are in your, your area there, um, you, do you have room for more kids? We do. Yeah, we do definitely have room for more students. Um, we have uh, only a couple classes are completely full. Mm -hmm. uh, kindergarten and first grade are full, um, and we have room in, in all the rest of the grades. So we can definitely... Uh, growing um and, and adding new family members to st mel very good is there is there a number a phone number you'd like to give where people could uh, maybe inquire and maybe i don't know set up a tour or uh, come visit yes. or something like that yes i uh, i personally give the tours or um, my vice principal mrs delicera mm -hmm. um we have our catholic schools week open house coming up on right. january 29th okay um and so that'll be that'll be a really great opportunity to uh, come by st mel and check out the school we have a new renovated library um our play our brand new playground is supposed to be installed um before open house so we're really excited for that um but if anyone wants to schedule a tour they can call our school office and the phone number is 916-967-2814. And uh, open house is on January 29th, and we will start with our family mass at 1030, and then the teachers will open the classrooms around 1130. Oh, very good. And, and people can just show up. They, you don't need an RSVP or anything? No, they can just show up. Um, I will be giving tours. Um, Mrs. Delacero will be giving tours, and so will some of our CSAC um parent members very good if it includes lunch i'll be there <laughs> <laughs> there's like going to be an eighth grade cafe they try to raise money oh really for, oh how um, oh, oh, sweet yeah well you'll have to stop by uh, they try to raise money for all of their graduation activities so. oh that's 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 wonderful well yeah. megan it's it's a joy to talk with you i know the kids are in great hands there we've heard nothing but good things about st mel uh, school oh, thank and you so uh, much. Um, we'll look forward to our paths crossing again soon. Thanks, thanks uh, so much for taking time with us today. Thank you, and thank you for having me, Bob. Yeah, God bless. That's uh, uh, Megan French, who is the uh, 
principal at St. Mel School, uh, one, of, one of our many great Catholic schools here in the Diocese of Sacramento. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at their thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the Mercy Foundation, enriching lives in the Sacramento region through Sisters of Mercy Ministries in health care, education, housing, and the care for the poor and elderly. For the Mercy Foundation, philanthropy is one of the most powerful expressions of compassion and love. Just as many people in our community need a hand, countless others are reaching out to them with comfort and hope. You can express your care and concern for the less fortunate with a gift to the Mercy Foundation. Uh, you can give them a call, 916-851-2700. That's 916-851-2700. And you can be confident that fully 100% of your contribution will support the Sisters of, ministry, of Mi- Mercy Ministry or ministries that you choose. And what a wonderful treasure Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts has been for all of us here in the diocese as they uh, uh, transition uh, into uh, uh, new ownership and management. Uh, They continue to offer wonderful workshops, wonderful uh, uh, resources for the Catholic community throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Not only does Easter's provide a wide array of Catholic books, both current releases and longtime classics, but they also sponsor a number of valuable workshops and lectures throughout the year. They're, they're located at 6916 Sunrise Boulevard in Citrus Heights. Give them a call, 916-338-7272. We also receive a generous underwriting support by Crumley & Associates, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services. If you have questions about retirement, Crumley & Associates can help you with their confident retirement approach that can help define a clear roadmap to get you where you want to go. You can uh, contact them, get all the details at Crumley & Associates, 7956 California Avenue in Fair Oaks. They're at 916-638-4600. That's 916-638-4600. Four six zero zero, and we uh, are, are certainly uh, appreciative of the uh, fine and uh, long-standing support of the Mercy Foundation, of Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts, and of Crumley and Associates. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town. 
uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour. Uh, some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to, to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. This is Yasmin Castellanos from the Catholic School Department, and you're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Thank you, Yasmin, for that wonderful introduction, and thanks for all the great work you do here for our great Catholic schools in the Diocese of Sacramento. Well, we're pleased to go all the way to Oroville to St. Thomas the Apostle School and talk with uh, Principal Kelly Floyd. Kelly, a good day to you. Good day to you as well. How are you? Uh, doing fine. It's good to hear your voice. Uh, how are things in, in the great city of Oroville? They're amazing. It's a beautiful day, and even <laughs> though we love the rain, it's it's nice to get a break sometimes. Is that dam behaving itself? <laughs> so far. So far. <laughs> I remember... Well, I, I, I can't remember how many years ago that was. It seems like it was yesterday when the yes, spillway was having, uh, and uh, we felt like we were going to have to evacuate the whole state of California. Yes, uh, I remember well. Yeah. D- did you grow up in that area? No, I actually grew up in the East Bay. My Both of my parents were San Francisco police officers. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's, a, that's an interesting upbringing, I'll bet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you could say that. Yeah. That's great. And then and how did you end up in Oroville? Well, uh, my husband and I never expected to be moving to Oroville, to say the least, but mm-hmm. we uh, found out that we were having triplets. Oh, my gosh. we had to go down to one income, and we had a family member in Oroville who said you could afford to live in, he- in Oroville. Mm-hmm. So we packed up and moved, and <laughs> it was supposed to be five years, and here we are 20 years later. Were you teaching at the time? I actually was not. I was <laughs> working in a medical facility, had no intention of teaching, and actually nursing was my Oh, okay. Yeah, was my my goal ultimately. So did you did you then go back to school? I did. I I did, actually. And where did you go? I went to Ashford University and Brandman University. And where are they? To get the credentialing. Uh, Ashford is in Iowa, and mm-hmm. um, Brandman is in Yuba City. Oh, wow. Not too far. Oh, very good. Very uh, good. Hey, growing up in the East Bay, had you ever even heard of Oroville? I had not, actually. <laughs> I actually had not. I grew up in North, I grew up in Davis, so I, 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 I had some friends who actually... Actually moved to Oroville and became uh, public school teachers there. Okay. So, and, and, and really just really love the community. Yes, I, I, I can see that. Yeah, there's, there's a, you know, the, it's, it's not small, small, but it's small compared to Sacramento. And, certainly, uh, certainly. Uh, you just, you, there's, there's something that I love about, about small towns, you know, where, where a lot of people know each other. Talk talk about um, talk about your school. Well, if you like small towns, this is a perfect mm-hmm. small town rural school where parents all work together and know each other, and it's a beautiful place to to raise kids. And I just love our strong Catholic identity. We're definitely, I mean, you just you feel our our Catholic faith when you come on the campus here. So how t- tell us about the school uh is it, is it TK through through 8? Yes, we have a TK through 8. We do combination classes. We do TK for second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth and seventh and eighth together. And we have 111 students, which is actually pretty good for us when I when I first started at St. Thomas years ago, we only had I want to say it was about 87 mm-hmm. students, and that was with me putting my seven children in the school <laughs> at the time. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, my, 
my wife and I have six, and uh, we've we've uh, we've we frequently tell people. Uh, well, people sometimes you know they'll raise an eyebrow or something, and you say, "Well, we're trying to keep the schools open." You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've just recently had my twelfth child. Oh wow! Now, yes, he's seven months old, and I just keep calling him a future St. Thomas student. Oh, that's wonderful! You 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 know the book uh, Cheaper by the Dozen, I'm sure. I yes yes. Yeah, I oh, still haven't figured that out, but I've heard <laughs> of it. Well, that's congratulations. That's wonderful. That's thank you. You're you're blessed. You're very blessed. Yes, so, I am. So during the during the pandemic, how did how did that affect you, folks? Well, I. It was difficult for everyone, and I think that one of the most difficult things for St. Thomas was just that we really were fighting to be back in school, mm-hmm. and we really did not want our students to be lacking the education. And I know we all did our best with trying to do virtual learning, but mm-hmm. I I wholeheartedly believe that there is something about just being able to look at your peers, learn from your peers, yeah. have that connection that is an integral part of really learning. So yeah, that was definitely difficult for us and, and everyone else. But but we, I feel like we managed, and certainly we had some learning loss, but I feel like it would it was not nearly as bad as it could have been. Yeah, a lot of the testing and stuff has shown that the the Catholic school students certainly did a lot better, and I, you know we always root for the public schools too. You know, the better schooling, the better for society. But but um, we noticed. I, I know my wife and I. We had four teenagers in the house at the time, and and it really varied from from kid to kid in terms of how they responded to the to the online, to the, you know, it wasn't just they couldn't go to school. They weren't hanging out with their friends either. You know, I mean, they weren't going to movies. They weren't going to sporting events. They weren't going to school dances or school events. Uh, um, It was a a real shutdown. It was. um, And some, I I don't think any of them thrived. Uh, Some did a lot better than others did, just, just within the same family, you know. Yeah. And, but, and all of them, wanted to go back. I mean, they all wanted, wanted to go back. And, and uh, I, I just find it remarkable how quickly our Catholic schools, well, and initially went from a, a Friday, Friday the 13th, no less, yeah. Uh, yeah. to um, cl- closing, uh, as everybody did, and, and being open online on Monday, that Monday. And t- to me, it's because all your teachers, principals, everybody, all the staff, they had a sense of mission. We're we have a job to do. Yes. So it it, it was I it agree. was how how soon? And I know you were doing what Butte County is that correct? Yes. So you you know everybody's dealing with a different county health department as well as the state regulations. How soon were you able to go back to in person? So the following uh, September, we were able to do so many hours of meeting just for religion class, technically, Mm -hmm. I think is kind of how that looked. But uh, we were able to do that a few times a week. And then by October, we were back to school full time. Mm -hmm. Wow. And did you you have bumps along the way where you had to back off and say, okay, we've got to go back to online for a while? Certainly. We had a few classes where we had some COVID outbreaks, and the mm-hmm. classes would shut down for a couple of weeks, but um, it wasn't all classes. And I still feel like we did fairly well, considering we're a pretty small school, and we have a lot of siblings and a lot of different sure, classrooms. Sure, and, It's uh, real easy for something to spread fast. Exactly. But I was pretty proud that there was one week right around Christmas where we only had the TK and kindergarten and first and second grade on campus, and everybody else had to do remote learning. Mm-hmm. Have, have there been any any COVID outbreaks this school year? There have not, no. Oh, good, good. In fact, I don't believe we had any last year. 
um, we had a few students who came down, but it, we, I mean, we just lucked out where it was over Christmas break. Mm-hmm. So, so did the campfire affect you in Oroville? Absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, in fact, my my family was evacuated, and um, yeah, and we we still currently have several students. I want to say we have about at least seven students mm-hmm. who either lost their homes or lost a business or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Was there was there an influx to to uh, Oroville from Paradise? There was. We opened up our school and we offered uh, tuition free right, right. to any students who lost their schools and needed a, or who were just staying in, in Oroville at the time for uh, even if their schools were open. But um, a lot of them have returned to Paradise or moved out of the state. Is Paradise um, being relatively rebuilt at this point? Yes, slowly but surely. It's definitely back up and coming. Mm-hmm. But so, it's, it, I mean, it was just the devastation was yeah. really unreal. Yeah, it's unreal. such a beautiful community. And it is. Yeah, just, oh, it just, so the stories coming out of there are just so heartbreaking. And, and how fast that fire moved through uh, that area. Just, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was it was tough having some of those students and, and the things that they went through and it's just it, it, that was heavy on our hearts here. We're talking with uh, Kelly Floyd, who's the principal at St. Thomas the Apostle School in in Oroville. Kelly, a wonderful story in the um, Catholic Herald, uh, uh, the current issue of the the January February uh, about the fruits of collaboration. Uh, Tell us about that at your school and uh, with your pastor. Well, it just so happened that Father Ramos and I both were, I was just, I'm a new principal here at St. Thomas, although I had been a teacher here for well over a decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my principal decided to move to Alaska, <laughs> and <laughs> she, she keeps sending pictures of snow, and it, it's kind of funny to us, but... Well, where, uh, where in Alaska is she? She is in Wasilla, okay. Alaska. All right. And that's where her family was, so she was moving to be close to them. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, but Father Ramos and I were both starting as administrators here together at the... Mm-hmm. So he was a new pastor there? He was a new pastor mm-hmm. here, yes. Yeah, and, and he's so wonderful to work with. He is just... He's a part of everything. He he wants to help everywhere. He has lots of new ideas and brings a whole new energy to the parish and the school that is, is really wonderful and uplifting, and I love being around him. He's he's a lot of fun. How does the collaboration work? Is he in well, the classroom a lot? Is he... He is. He actually teaches the confirmation class for uh-huh. our junior high, and he comes in twice a week. For actual teaching. Very good. Very yeah, good. it's amazing. We love it. So, and then him and I collaborate about once a week. He comes in, and we just touch bases with things going on in the in the parish and with the students. And um, yeah, it's it's great to see. We um, uh, prior to Father Ramos coming, we had a priest who um, had just kind of got, he, he was from um, Sri Lanka and went to go visit in December his family after the holidays and then wound up not able to come home because they stopped travel mm. because of COVID. Right. So he wound up being stuck there for months. So we were essentially without a priest. So that was difficult. And Father, uh, when he returned, he decided to retire. So. Mm. Father Ramos was picking up where there had been lots of holes, actually, unfortunately. How has it been for you transitioning from being a longtime teacher to uh, being a, a principal? Um, it's, it's a little bit difficult. It's, it's wonderful because I, I taught first and second. So all of the students who came, at least in first and second, I know them mm-hmm. and I taught them. 
and I know their parents. So that's wonderful. I envy that relationship that the teachers get to build that are so unique and different than I think that the relationship that the principal develops with the students. So I do miss that aspect. Talk about how how our Catholic faith gets integrated, you know, throughout the curriculum, throughout the school day. Well, prayer is certainly central to our, our day, our, our lives, but we absolutely teach our faith with every single subject, whether mm-hmm. it's reading or or anything. It's It's all in the beauty of God's creation, really. Yeah, indeed, indeed. What about uh, extracurriculars? Are, are you able to participate in a PAL for athletics and things like that? We are. We, we are able to do it through our district. We offer um, a variety of sports. Basketball is currently what the kids are playing right sure. now, and volleyball and flag football and track and um, certainly sports. We're working on trying to get a, a viable music program, mm-hmm. which... Uh, we had volunteers do it for years, and then once COVID hit, we definitely lost several volunteers, and, and they just, they've just decided to retire from here. So we're still looking for um, someone to pick up our music program here. Are you, ab- are, are you able to play other schools, or are they too far away? No, no, no. We play lots of other schools. There are several schools within our district that we can play and then we do travel within probably within 20 minutes mm-hmm. several other schools so where, where would you go chico uh, uh unfortunately we don't go to chico very often but we do go to bangor and we go to richvale mm-hmm. and gridley so you're playing not uh, schools that are, you're playing public schools yes yeah yes. okay okay yes. very good very good yeah we don't we're not very close proximity to very many counties. That's what I that's what I thought. I thought probably probably St. Isidore's in Yuba City. <laughs> and then yeah, and, Notre and, Dame and, and, and Chico. And, and Notre Dame and Chico, yeah. And and uh, and then you'd have to go all the way to Reading for Yeah, or Calusa yeah, or, or Calusa Calusa, sure. Yeah. Well that's good that you can um uh play with public schools as well. It is. Yeah. So do you do you ever go east? Do you go up the up the hill? As a, with athletics, or mm, probably not. I, w- I don't believe we do. Yeah. So, as you, how is your enrollment? Uh, we've we've noticed that at least in some schools uh, during COVID, once the Catholic schools got open, their enrollment actually spiked a little bit. It, with ours as well, ours certainly spiked, and with a lot of the families. We knew that as soon as the public schools opened up that we would lose mm-hmm. several of them. However, we did retain a few families that saw the value in Catholic education. Mm-hmm. But I do want to say we, we, we are definitely getting a steady uptick in enrollment. Uh, currently, we have wait lists for some of our lower grades because wow. we're at capacity, which is a really big deal for us. Boy, that's wonderful. It is. It, you know, it's. It's. I, I think I read even nationally that Catholic school enrollment is up, and it's. And I know it. It certainly is here in the in the diocese of Sacramento. Yeah, that's, it, it's beautiful. There's there's nothing like Catholic education. So, are, are you able to offer to do uh, public service as well? I know that's such a, a, a important part of our of our Catholic schools as well. We do. Actually, we do lots of public service, and in fact, it's one of the many requirements for students in order to make confirmation or to make just, it's, it's a part of their grade, essentially. Each grade has to do uh, certain uh, service hours. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's offered in the community. Sometimes they can just offer it here at the school through altar serving or doing something um, through the parish, but... A lot of times, it's out in the community. Right. Most, most, uh, given your location, most of your graduates uh, go on to public high school. They do. Yeah. They 
do. Just a little bit too far to commute. It is. Yeah. It, it, it's difficult. However, we're hoping to get something going. There's a Chesterton Academy Chesterton in the Academy. city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're hoping to get something kind of going where we can work out some carpooling and get some kiddos going there. And where, where is that in Reading? It's in Yuba City right now. It's in Yuba City. Okay. Yeah, I know they're they're uh, opening a bunch. Uh, they are. They started at least in this area. They started in Dixon, and uh, uh, they it's it's quite a story. So. It is, and I know there is talks of getting one uh, going in in Reading. Mm-hmm. So the best of luck to that. Yes, indeed. Uh, well, boy, that's a. Uh, we've talked to Dale Alquist, the the founder, and. Uh, uh, sometimes I think I'm talking to Chesterton himself, but uh, he's 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 something and uh, uh, has just really put together a, a great curriculum and uh, started small and now it's really expanding. So it's uh, beautiful. Yeah, that's great. Well, greatly appreciate you taking uh, the time to be with us and all the great work you do there at uh, St. Thomas the Apostle in in Oroville. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you, Bob. Hey, you too. God bless. Thanks, thanks so much. Uh, that's uh, Kelly Floyd, who is the uh, principal at uh, St. Thomas the Apostle, Apostle in, uh, in uh, the great city of Oroville. Um, and uh, the, Armand Ramos is the, uh, the new pastor there as well. And there's a good story about them, uh, the collaboration. Uh, Father Ramos saying, we, we believe in the importance of Catholic education. We will do our best to deliver an excellent academic education that also challenges students to be good people and good Christians. And uh, uh, Kelly says of him that uh, he, is our, he is our embodiment of Christ. He is our shepherd. She explains, affirming that his visibility and availability, this is in the Catholic Herald, reinforce the Catholicity of the school and everything that it upholds. He is doing a great job of leading us, uh, Kelly uh, adds, citing how our parents notice and they are appreciative and excited that he is here and engaged. And she and uh, Father meet uh, meet weekly, of course, to uh, to talk about uh, all that as as well. Uh, a lot happening in uh, in the uh, diocese of Sacramento, of course. And the, the Great Catholic Schools Week is uh, is coming up uh, coming up soon. Uh, at the end of the month, and uh, if if you're interested in our Catholic schools, uh, if maybe you've got uh, a youngster about to, to to be at that age. Most of them are TK through eight, through eighth grade. Uh, it's it's a good time to uh, you can call the schools, uh, and uh, almost all of them are having open houses on a certain day at a certain time, and you can call the school and find out when they're. Uh, uh, first off, if you don't know where there are schools, uh, just go to the diocesan website, uh, scd.org, and uh, uh, ask them, you know, when uh, when your uh, when the, when the open house is going to be, and how the how you can uh, attend it and learn learn all about it because uh, it will be uh, will be a great stuff. Well, Bishop Soto is. Uh, Back from uh, a pilgrimage to the Philippines, but in, the, in while he was there, he came up with these wonderful, wonderful uh, dispatches. His uh, fifth uh, dispatch uh, was was posted uh, in the last few days, and I'll uh, I'll share it with you now. Uh, visiting the Leyte region of the Philippine archipelago, there were many references and reminders of the super typhoon Yolanda. In 2013, this catastrophic climate monster, climatic monster swept away everything in its capricious path. The most somber remembrance was the mass grave of Yolanda's victims laid to rest on one side of the, of the cathedral in Palo. After visiting the cathedral and praying, the pilgrims and I paid our respects to the quiet witnesses of nature's fury whose tomb it adorned with a garden. So many families lost loved ones during Yolanda. They brought their bodies to the church. Archbishop John Dew decided to bury the faithful departed together alongside the church, serving as constant reminder for prayers 
as well as the abiding companionship of those who now share in the eternal liturgy of heaven. The region, because of its geographical location, is customarily plagued by storms from the Pacific Ocean, but these have now become more aggravated by humanity's naive ambivalence for the stewardship of the earth entrusted by the Creator to us. Archbishop Dew graciously received us in his home, which had been damaged by the typhoon but was now restored. He showed us the dining room where Pope Francis visited with about 35 children chosen from among the many who had been orphaned by the storm. The Holy Father visited Tacloban City and Palo during his pastoral visit to the Philippines in 2015. Coming to this region during the difficult recovery was a much-needed consolation to the local church, uh, according to the Archbishop Dew. During the visit to Palo, we also visited Dreamville. This is a housing project supported by Catholic Relief Services from the United States. The project provided resettlement housing for more than 900 families dislocated by Yolanda. We drove through the narrow streets lined with homes and busy with families making their way. Archbishop John Dew was exuberant in his gratitude for the assistance of the Catholic community in the United States in rebuilding the communities of Leyte. While visiting in his home, the Archbishop showed me a beautiful statue of the Blessed Mother Mary, known by the name of Nuestra Señora de la Esperanza de Palo, Our Lady of Hope. The face of the Blessed Mother caught my attention. Her expression reflects compassion and empathy for the sufferings of her children. With one arm, she holds her beloved Christ child at the waist. The infant Jesus is squirming in her arm as he reaches down to extend a rosary to a distressed Filipino child reaching up. This powerfully poignant Marian message, uh, Marian image, uh, offers hope for those moments that may seem hopeless. On occasion of the coronation of Our Lady of Hope, Archbishop John Dew said, Our God has never abandoned us, and he has given us a mother, a mother to whom we could express our grieving, sadness, and mourning. She us, accompanies us in the journey and difficulties of life. These testimonies and so many that my fellow pilgrims and I heard and saw during our pilgrimage in the Philippines gave much encouragement in our faith. The resilience and perseverance of the different Filipino Catholic communities in the face of so many natural as well as social challenges is perhaps the best witness to the abiding presence of the Good Shepherd who offered himself as the bread of life on the island of Limasawa more than 500 years ago. The bishop closes, I hope you've enjoyed these reflections as much as I enjoyed preparing them for you. If you want to read all five reflections, which I highly recommend, uh, go to scd.org, Sacramento Catholic Diocese, scd.org, and you can find all five reflections of Bishop Soto's pilgrimage to the Philippines there. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening. God bless everyone. We'll talk to you again soon. you